Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. One year ago, yesterday, I was diagnosed. (laughs) But here I am. And I am not done yet. God has been faithful. Wow. I was in the back having worship by myself in front of all the screens. And uh, I am so thankful to the goodness of God. I am not going to cry today. I am doing so well. My son texted me last night, said, uh, you ready to go tomorrow? I said, yeah. He said, word of advice. I said, okay. He said, don't cry for an hour. <laughs> What's with Andrew? He can't, he can't deal with me crying. I'm not going to cry today. I, I am full, and uh, I have such a heart of gratefulness. Okay, maybe a little bit. <laughs> I am really grateful. It's been a a long year, but God has shown himself faithful in every way. And uh, I have never, I have never lacked faith and I've never not believed that God was going to do something awesome. And I am rejoicing today that I am back in my pulpit. I have a few things I need to do before uh, I get in the word and I have a word stirring in me, about a year's worth. Uh, So y'all brought lunch, right? Everybody has a lunch pail underneath your chair. First of all, I didn't invite anybody out of town or or some friends actually in town from other churches. A few pastors snuck in here today. Uh, but uh, I have just been honored that so many um, chose to come and celebrate with us. And uh, so for all of my family and friends out of town and in town that are not a part of the Rock of Gainesville, would you stand so we could just thank you for being here today? You know who you are. Just go ahead. Stand up. Amen. Amen. So good to have so many of you. Bless you. Thanks for coming and being a part of this today. Uh, about uh, a couple of months ago, I, I guess, I don't know. Uh, I can tell you this. My wife is winning all of our arguments these days. I mean, disagreements. Because uh, anytime I'm just like, no, this is, and she says, honey, you had chemo brain. You don't know what you remember. So, so she wins everything. But anyhow, a while back, uh, Cesar Barroso sent me a text, a picture of something his son Daniel had built. And I got so excited about it. I said, would you ask Daniel if I could borrow it for a little bit? 
And uh, the minute he told Daniel, Daniel tore it apart and uh, decided it had to be bigger and better. And so he, uh, he got online and he figured out all the different pieces that he needed, color code the whole bit. I've been so amazed by this. Anyhow, he presented it to me last week. I'm going to open it and show you, but they're going to have, well, they already got pictures on the screen. They're about to anyhow. Uh, so anyhow, this is Daniel Broso, 10 years old. He built this replica of our building, over a thousand pieces. He had to uh, find out how many, 10 years old. I mean, I told him last week, I said, you could put a gun to my head. It'd take a lifetime for me to try to do that. But anyhow, it's beautiful. We're gonna put it out in the foyer. Parents, please keep your children uh, hands away from it. We're gonna try to get a piece of uh, plexiglass built over it. But inside he built the uh, projector screens. He built the coffee shop and uh, it's just absolutely amazing. So give it up for Daniel. Daniel Barroso. Where are you, Daniel? Stand up over there. There he is. He's standing. There he is. Thank you, Daniel. He, he gifted it to me, and so it is mine, and uh, I appreciate it. He's going to be an architectural engineer for Legos when he grows up. I didn't know they actually had those people. They, they actually have college-educated people that... Does, Design those. So anyhow, Daniel's smarter than all of them. So, all right, I want to share a couple of scriptures. This has nothing to do with the word, uh, but I want to uh, share a couple of scriptures that I have been living on, meditating on over the last year. And uh, then I'm going to pray and get into the word. Third John chapter, uh, well, the only chapter, third John one uh, verse two says this, beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, one of my favorites. For all the promises of God in him are yes. Say yes. yes. And in him, amen. Say amen. Yes. To the glory of God through us, all of God's promises. Okay, I can't preach this, but all of God's promises are yes and amen has nothing to do with how you woke up this morning or what's going on in your life. The promises of God, the word of God does not change. And for a year, I have been living on those scriptures. I've been declaring those. I've been standing on those. I've been declaring that when I had bad days uh, or horrible days or messed up days or confused days, uh, when I was in the hospital laying up there after my transplant, I was declaring every single day the promises of God are yes. And amen, they do not change. They are for us no matter what our circumstance, no matter what the situation is, no matter what's going on in your marriage, in your finances, in your country, God is good all the time. Amen. And all the time, God is good. Amen. And then Isaiah chapter 58, verse 11, it says, and the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning for the joy of being in this house with my family. Lord, declaring your word today, the kingdom of God, Father, today is mighty, it's powerful. 
The church is coming alive. And in this day and hour that we're living in, all across not only this nation, but around the world, so much turmoil, so much sickness, so much disease, so much, uh, um, Father, anger, so much lawlessness. In the midst of all of that, you are still God, you are still King, you are still Lord. And the church of Jesus Christ, I believe around the world, Father, is going to rise up strong in these days like never before. Lord, we're asking for revival. We're asking for a spirit of revival to sweep through our nation, begin with us, begin in our house, begin in our leadership, Father, begin as we repent, as we turn to God. Father, your word declares that if we will humble ourselves and pray and seek your face, that Lord, you will do great and mighty things. And we are asking today that you will do great and mighty things throughout this land, throughout this nation in our lives, in our church. Father, we wanna to touch Gainesville. We wanna to touch Alachua County. We wanna to touch North Florida. We wanna to touch Honduras and China and Cuba and Jamaica. Lord, all the nations, Uganda, Africa, all the places you have placed in our heart, Lord. We want to be a, a, a vital part, God, of what you're doing in this generation. So begin today a deeper work in us than we've ever known or experienced before. We give you thanks and praise for it. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. Our, my, my dearly beloved, our dearly beloved Helga is home from Uganda, got home this week. Where are you, Helga? Stand up, there she is over there. Wow, been one year. They've had a tumultuous year there as well, but God has shown himself faithful. Helga, can't wait to give you a hug. All right, I want to get into the word this morning. I want to start by just declaring and saying to you, um, about a, a, a year ago, November the 24th, exactly, that Sunday, um, I'll never forget it because it was the first Sunday that I had to stay home, uh, could not come to church. Uh, I, I've always declared, Suzanne, I've always, uh, we both always declared that we are church people. We love the house of God. We love the church. We, we love the presence of God. We love gathering with the saints. There's nothing like it in the world. And last year on November the 24th, uh, I had been on my uh, uh, medication for about a week and uh, I had begun to, in my judgment, supernaturally uh, experience just a immediate touch of God and uh, all the pain that I'd been dealing with for months, especially down my spine, had just disappeared and, and I remember Suzanne had left uh, to come to the South Campus and, and you guys were gathering and I went on a prayer walk and I'd walked down to the, to the road and I was back coming back up and I was feeling so good. I kind of had a pep in my step and I was kind of bouncing around a little bit and I started asking the Lord, many of you will remember part of this story, but I started asking the Lord, Lord, is it possible that they made a mistake uh, on my diagnosis because I feel so good right now? I, I, I really, I felt like I was already healed. I felt like I had just this supernatural touch in my body. And I'll never forget, I was walking up the hill. We actually have hills here in Gainesville, Florida, a few of them. And uh, one is in our neighborhood. So I was walking up the hill near Fred and Kelly's house and um, I was praying that prayer, I said, Lord, is it possible? And Holy Spirit spoke a very clear word to me that really set the stage for how I would walk this out in faith over this last year. And Holy Spirit said very clearly, he said, you're going through this, but I'll be with you all the way. 
And, and that thing settled in my heart, the, 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 the part about going through this. You, you, you know, if he had said, you're going to die in the midst of this, but I'm going to be with you. That would have been a different story. But yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And, and I, I felt that, that thing just rise up inside of me that, yeah, I'm going to go through something I don't want to go through. I didn't sign up for this. I don't like this. I'm not happy about this, but I'm going to go through this. And Holy Spirit's going to be with me all along the way. He's going to not forsake me. He's going to be there. And... Uh, over uh, a period of a few weeks, I began to just meditate on certain words in the Word of God. I began to meditate on what God was saying to me personally because I felt like at that point, um, this battle was so significant. It was a battle that I had to prepare myself for uh, and acknowledge and recognize that every single day, I was going to need God to show up big in my life. And so I began to meditate on words like faith, hope, trust, confidence in Christ, peace, rest, imagine, imagination, beginning to let words just begin to, to uh, find their place deep in my heart. And I, I began to do word studies on these words. I began to uh, uh, meditate on the peace of God that passes all understanding. Man, isn't the peace of God good? How many of you can remember when you walked outside the peace of God? You better all raise your hands or else I'm going to have a salvation call right now. Man, okay, how many of you are married? How many of you like it when there's peace in home? And when peace goes, my gosh, it's, it's just a rough season. But when the peace of God is there, Man, it just floods and, and trust. I, I, I began to meditate on, I, I asked myself, can, can I trust God? You, some of you are going through things right now in your life and you need to get real with God and God doesn't fall off his throne when you, when you question or doubt or struggle because we are indeed flesh. And, and so I, I began to meditate on the, the, all the things I had preached for 40-something years, and, and I settled in my heart, you know what, I can trust God. I can trust God no matter what happens. I can trust God. And then this word, imagination, found its way into my thought process. And, and I thought, wow, imagination, that's a... That's a significant word that I didn't, that I realized I didn't fully understand. Because I'd always kind of thought imagination as some childish um, fantasy that uh, children fantasize over. But I began to realize, first of all, the word imagination is all in the word of God. I've never heard a message preached on imagination in my entire Christian walk. I've never preached a message until today. Matter of fact, I titled this, I don't know what I titled it. It was up there a while ago. What was it? I can only imagine. I think I'll write a song with that. <laughs> I think I'll let Mark Mink sing it once I write it. But uh, I can only imagine, I, I began to walk every Sunday morning when Suzanne would leave for church, I would go on my prayer walk, begin to worship. 
And all of a sudden, I began to realize I, I, was, I was disciplining myself to start imagining myself not diseased, but healed. I, I began to see myself according to what God's word said, not according to what every single time I would go to the doctor, they would say to me, now you know we cannot cure you. Boy, that really builds confidence, doesn't it? Every time you go, you know, just need to remind you now, we can't cure you. And, uh, and so I began to, and, and you know, my answer always to those precious people, doctors, nurses, all of them is, I don't want you to cure me. You just do what you do. You just do the best you can do. You research it. You, you know, what I do want is you to spend a little time and make sure I understand what you're talking about. Don't talk to me or treat me like I'm ignorant and you're way too smart for me and, and that I'll never understand so you'll let me know when something's bad. I don't need that. Because I, I need to know how to specifically battle this battle. Uncover every stronghold, every demonic lie, every hidden thing that the enemy wants to bring up against me. I need to know how to fight against that. And so I began to imagine myself whole, well, strong. Began to imagine myself, I began to see myself doing what I'm doing today. Standing on this stage, behind this pulpit, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, amen. I, I was imagining it as though it was happening. It wasn't happening. I was walking the streets by myself. Times feeling sorry for myself. Man, I'm telling you what, if I, every chance I have, I will never miss church again in my life. Even when I'm on vacation, I'm gonna go find somebody that's preaching the gospel and be in church. I don't ever wanna take for granted what was taken. Taken away from me a year ago. I love the house of God. There's no place like the house of God. There's, there's what you get in the house of God, what you cannot get anywhere else in the world. You can't get it anywhere else. When you gather, something supernatural takes place. So I want to talk about imagination. I want to read to you out of Psalm 103, verse 14. Listen to this. The scripture says, for he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. He knows our frame. Psalm, I think it's one, somebody help me out, 139, is that the, the chapter in Psalms that tells all about everything God, you know, thinks about us and our, in our bodies and how we were created. And, and uh, this word frame, the Hebrew word that was translated frame in this verse was translated five different times in the Old Covenant. And I threw the scriptures up there for you. You can read them later. But uh, they are all scriptures that the Hebrew word translates frame to imagination. So my question is, what is biblical imagination? American Heritage Electronic Dictionary defines it as the process or power of forming a mental image of something not real or present. Pastor Andrew Womack defines it this way, the ability to see what isn't present. Matter of fact, about nine or 10 months ago, 
Bob Weiner uh, called me and wanted to come pray for me. And so we met up here at the building that wasn't finished. And he gave me uh, two books. And one of them was by Pastor Andrew Womack titled The Power of the power of imagination. And I looked at it and I skimmed through it and I just literally, I just laid it on the shelf uh, for several months. Never picked it back up. It just didn't look like something that uh, I was really interested in. And then one evening, sitting in my office, I see the book, I open it up, I start reading it. And honestly, I could not put the book down. I read it all the way through in one sitting. And then I started going back and just reading and devouring uh, the principles and the truth that he had written in this book. Because as I said a while ago, I'd never heard anybody ever preach on the power of imagination in my life, never read anything on it. Just always kind of thought that word was tied into fantasy when in all reality, fantasy is not real, but imagination is incredibly real. Anybody in here ever been to a place called, it's a couple hours south here, Disney World. You know what Disney World came out of? A man's imagination. I lived in Central Florida, Winter Haven, uh, before they ever bought their first acre of land. And uh, I knew one of the realtors, he is a pastor, and uh, that helped sell a bunch of that land. He's quite wealthy today, my pastor friend. Uh, but uh, he, he helped uh, uh, um, sell some of that land to Disney World. And I was just thinking about Walt Disney and the reality of all the things that have been built today out of one man's imagination. We sent a man to the moon. Somebody first thought it was possible. They began to imagine somebody was laying on the ground, looking at the moon and thinking, I think we ought to go walk on that thing. Not me, <laughs> but somebody uh, was dreaming about that. The power of imagination. It is not a childish fantasy but it is a word that we really are going to, over the next several weeks, digest um, quite a bit because I believe Holy Spirit's gonna show every one of us, not just me, not just my circumstance, not just what I've walked through. We have many people over the last year in this house that you have prayed for. Lil' Gabriella, who's here on the front row today, hallelujah, walking out the healing of God. Dr. John, who is cancer-free today and, and, and overcoming, getting ready. He is excited and wants to get back into the house so badly. Uh, Mr. Larry, Mark's stepdad, uh, has gone through a crazy attack of pancreatic cancer, given no chance to live, and has walked through every stage by, supernaturally because of the power of prayer. And uh, we, we have so many that have experienced difficult seasons of life in marriages, in finances, in relationships relationships in our nation, the pandemic. My gosh, I'm so over the pandemic. God's bigger than this pandemic. He's bigger than the elections that just took place. He's bigger than all the craziness. Don't you, aren't you just thankful you don't live in some of the big cities of America? I so love Gainesville. My gosh, I hope they, I hope people just never hear about how great our city is and just stay away. 
But they obviously are finding out because they are building left and right like crazy here. And all the builders say, Pastor, we're on the side of building. So, <laughs> amen, bless you. But uh, man, we, we have to begin to understand the bigness of what God's wanting to do in our lives. Now, I want to read you a very familiar passage of Scripture out of, he, um, out, I'm sorry, out of Genesis chapter 11. It's a story that's very familiar. You can preach this in so many different ways. But as I began to meditate on this word imagination and begin to think about even this building, I was here uh, back in June when it wasn't quite finished yet. We were getting ready for our first service on the first weekend of July and some people came around, some pastors wanted to come visit the building and and so we showed it four or five times to different pastors, some local, some from out of town. And, and every one of them would ask me the same questions. How long did it take to get this started? How long was the process? What all was involved? And, and man, I started thinking back to 23 years ago when God supernaturally, out of our seed offering, out of our obedience to the seed offering, the very first seed offering we ever received a few years before that. And Holy Spirit said, receive, teach the people what a, what a seed offering is, and then twice a year, spring and fall, give them an opportunity to give above and beyond their tithe, their offerings, their missions, everything else. Just let them get a hold of a revelation of truth and they'll begin to sow in it and, and sit back and watch what I'm gonna do. Man, that was, that, in a lot of ways in the natural, that was a crazy idea. Because you were already faithful with your tithe. You were already faithful with your offerings. You were already given to missions. You were already giving to the building fund. And Holy Spirit said, do this. And then he said, in the first one, I want you to give the whole offering away. And, and as you know, we did, gave over $100,000 check and a U-Haul full of stuff away. And the blessing of God began to overtake us. And then one day, I don't have time to tell the whole story, but a phone call came and a man picked Pastor Tad and I up, drove us out right on this back road and uh, down into the middle of the property. And he said, I've been authorized to offer this property to you on a contract the, this property is already under contract, but in four days at midnight, it's going to come due. And if the people that have it under contract don't pay the whole amount, they're going to lose their deposit and it'll be open. He said, I've been authorized to give it to you as a second option at 1201 on Thursday night that week. Phone call came and he said, the property is yours. But when we drove out here in the middle of this property and I got out of the car with this man, and Tad, immediately Holy Spirit said, this land is yours. I've kept it for such a time as this. And it was 120 acres. I had believed God for 80 acres. And then, as you know, uh, the rest of the story was that afternoon, an hour after getting back to my office, I get another phone call from the doctor who owned the 40 acres adjacent to this, connected to it, and he said, I understand you might be buying uh, the, the property on Newberry Road. He said, I have 40 acres, and I'd like to sell it to you too. And I was about to say no, and Holy Spirit said, don't say no. 
And you know the rest of the story. We finally said, yes, uh, we got it. They financed it for us and, uh, and it became ours. And, and man, the dreams began to happen. I began to visualize and began to see. And a day went into a month and a month went into a year and a year went into 22 years. And I started thinking, well, God gave me this land to pass on to the next generation and they're going to build something beautiful on it one day. But, but it's just never going to happen. But I, I imagined it. I saw it. I believed it would happen. And maybe like in Hebrews 11, all of those amazing patriarchs of the faith who had a vision, had a word, believed in their heart. And yet, they did not get to see it. I thought, well, maybe I'm not going to see it either. But guess what? Here we are. Come on, somebody. Here we are walking out the faithfulness of God. And out of that seed offering, that first seed offering, until this last one we just received back in the spring, you people have given over seven and a half million dollars above and beyond your tithe and offerings, building, building offerings and missions offering, you've given twice a year in seed offerings over the last 25 years. I think you should give yourself a hand because God is faithful and just. Hebrews, I mean, Genesis, I can't get out of Hebrews. Genesis chapter 11, verse four says this. And they said, go to us, let us build a city and a tower whose top may reach into heaven and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built. And the Lord said, I'm reading now the King James Version, if you don't understand that. And the Lord said, behold, the people is one and they have all one language and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Imagination. It's a powerful thing. These unrighteous people, unbelievers, not God followers, they began to imagine something so big that it caught God's attention. God says, we need to go down and check out what they're about to do. And they said, let us build something so big that, 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 that our name will be great. They all had one language and they got together and what they imagined, they began to build. And God came down and he scattered them for his purpose. But he declared that what they were imagining they would be able to do. I want to tell you something. We're going to talk about this over the next several weeks. Imagination, it can be for good or for evil. It can be for good or wickedness. As a believer, I have a question for you. What can you, what can we, what can I imagine for the glory of God? Not for us. This morning I asked my precious wife as I was eating my breakfast, I said, honey, Andrew gave me a word last night. I said, you have a word you want to give me? <laughs> oh, that's a dangerous thing to do. <laughs> she said, yes, honey, make sure it's not all about you. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Holy Spirit and my wife can sure help me to stay humble. I said, honey, it is all about him. 
the fact I'm standing here today is all about him. It's all about his word. It's all about what Jesus Christ did. On his way to the cross of Calvary to die for my sins, he got a whipping so that I could be healed. He got a whipping so you can be healed. He got a whipping so your marriage could be healed, your finances could be healed, your relationships could be healed, our nation could be healed. Jesus took a beating and by his stripes, listen to this, we are healed. Imagination is powerful. Imagination is the first step in doing. If you can imagine something, you can do it. Now understand, for good or for evil. For good or for evil. So as we meditate on this word over the next several weeks, I'm gonna ask you to begin to ask Holy Spirit to help you to find out if your imagination has any legs to it. Do you have the ability to begin to imagine what God might wanna do in your life? Pastor Ron opened the service today by declaring, we come in here to worship and praise and be fed hungry, but we leave this place to go out to change our world. Have you ever imagined that you might have the ability to change this world by touching one person's life? The power of imagination. Imagination is the ability to see what isn't present. Imagination is the ability to see with a mind what you cannot see with your eyes. You know, when we were, um, when I was going through the, the um, what did I have when I was going through the, the transplant? Thank you. Suzanne was standing in the room and the nurse said to her, uh, you want to see something cool? I'm like, yeah, I'm laying there going through a transplant. I'd like to see something cool. And she says, look at this. And Suzanne gets out her phone and she videos. See, a week before I'd gone through two days, six hours at a time, having my bone marrow come out through my veins, run through a machine, for six hours, come back in the other side and come back into my chest and all the blood in my body ran through this machine three times over six hours, six times over 12 hours. And what the machine was doing was taking all of my good cells and putting them in a bag and all the bad uh, multiple myeloma cells were going through the machine, being cleansed and coming back through and then going back into my body. And so they took all this good out of me and uh, put them in these bags, put it in literally a little white and red igloo ice chest and walked out. And I said, hold it. Don't trip. Don't fall. Make a, make a way. She's got my life in that igloo. And, and they're laughing, but I wasn't laughing because all that's left in me are multiple myeloma cells. And they walked out. And five days later, I go back to the hospital and I sit down the day I get checked in and they hook me up to an IV and now they give me a chemo blast for 20 minutes that's more powerful than the three chemos and steroids that I've been taking for nine months. And they said, this is going to kill everything left in your bones. And uh, so they did. And they said, now you're going to you're going to feel horrible. Your bones are going to crack and hurt. You just lay in the bed for a couple of days until you get your transplant. And then we're going to wash out. This is going to cleanse out all of that bad. And we're going to give you your good stuff back. 
So I went to the room and, and I was waiting to feel bad, but I decided I, I didn't want to feel bad. So Suzanne and I took off for a walk and we walked a mile and a half around the unit, just kept walking. And the next day I walked two and a half miles and, and then the next day was transplant day. And so the nurse says, you want to see this? And so as they hung the bag over me and the, and the blood began to come back, the bone marrow began to come back into my body. Suzanne stood up with a camera and she videoed and you could see in the blood, you could see the little live, healthy cells coming back into my body. Man, just coming back full of life. And it was so amazing. Suzanne started crying. I'm laying in the bed just amazed. And I watched the video and I see these little, little things that are just amazing. And I imagine myself well. What are you going through today? Can you imagine that your life can be different? Can you get a hold of the word of God and imagine that things are going to be different? Imagination helps you see what, you can't, what can't be seen. And I want to look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I'm, I'm sorry, just verse 2. And it says this, you know it. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. But be transformed. See, I want to tell you something. Some of us as believers over these next several weeks, we're going to find out that, that our imagination has not been so much for the righteous things of God, but, but they, they've thought about all kind of other stuff. And the only thing that's going to change that thought process is not going to change it. The only thing that's going to change it is the word of God. Renew your mind, no longer being conformed to the world, but renew your mind by the word of God. And it will begin to cleanse and transform and change. Just like that old blood went out and the new blood came in. When you begin to renew your mind in the word of God, your life will begin to change. There'll be a, a, a radical transformation of things that are happening in your life because of the Word of God. So I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then I'm going to pray for you in a moment. The worship team's coming. They should be here. Um, and uh, when I meditate on what I want and where I want my faith to grow. I started realizing that if I can imagine what God's word says and said and saying and how it relates to me no matter what I'm going through, I renew my mind, I let the word begin to transform and change. And all of a sudden, I begin to imagine things that are greater than us, greater than me. I, I imagine things for my children's children. You remember last year when I was diagnosed, I told you, I, I, I believe God put it in my heart. I wanna, I wanna live long enough to perform the weddings of my grandchildren. Man, little Scarlett's only four. I don't think her dad's gonna let her get married in the next couple years, so. <laughs> So I got to keep on living. So I can either believe the reports of doctors and struggle, or I can begin to declare his word that's been 
dropped in my spirit. Can, can, can I tell you something? The enemy did not drop that in my spirit. The enemy of your soul does not drop things in your spirit that's going to cause you to grow into a mighty man or woman of God. I believe, and I, I'm not going to touch on this a lot, but I, I believe that our nation is about to go through things like we have never experienced in our lifetime. Turmoil and strife, hatred, lawlessness. But I'm not afraid. I imagine the church growing in the fullness of who we've been called to be. And no matter who our enemies are, that we're gonna love them. And through that godly love, it's gonna impact their life. They might come to church hating you, but they're gonna see something in you that's gonna cause them to consider. We need church, hear me. We need to be the church God has called us to be. And I'm not talking about the Rock of Gainesville, I'm talking about the church worldwide. We need to be the church. Without spot or wrinkle, we need to be the church that preaches and proclaims truth. We need the power of the Holy Spirit like we have never had before in our life. We need to make sure our children get full of the Holy Ghost at an early age and talk in tongues and know how to live out the power of the living God. Because if not, we're going to be just dead and irrelevant. We need a move of God. Sometime in the next couple of months, we're going to announce a second service. Not going to be a second service on Sunday. It's going to be a second service during the week. Because in this last year, I have felt Holy Spirit say, I cannot do in your house what I want to do one hour a week on Sunday morning. We, 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 we've got to get hungry for God. And be more hungry for God than we are about our kids' soccer game. Uh-oh, about our kids' basketball game, about the Rock School volleyball team. We, we got to be hungry for the presence of God. Hungry for the deeper things of God. So this morning, in a few moments, I'm going to pray for many of us. And I'm going to ask you a question. Have you struggled? with believing for something that seems impossible? I mean, God's put it in your heart. He's dropped something in your heart, but, but you struggle with believing it. You can't see it. You can't even imagine it. Are you dealing with a relationship? Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's a future marriage. Maybe it's your children. Maybe a friend that needs a touch of God can you imagine that marriage healed instead of ending up in the divorce court? Can you imagine your child running back to God instead of continually running away? Maybe you're dealing with sickness or disease in your body, your mind, maybe in a family member or friend. God's word does not fail. So if I can wrap my imagination around believing, 
Pastor James preached last week and told the story of the paralytic. It was so funny because the night before we turned Pastor James on while we were having dinner to the series, The Chosen. Well, he had not gotten to that story yet. We had only got through the first four episodes. We were binging, eating, watching. He just like, oh my gosh, this, this is amazing. This is like the best Jesus movie I've ever seen. And, and, uh, and, and so uh, when he left on Monday morning, Monday afternoon, I texted him thinking he was already at home and he was at 38,000 feet flying uh, across the country. And he says, and he texts me back and he goes, the people around me in the airplane think that somebody I know and love has died because I'm bawling watching episode five and six. And, and I said, dude, don't watch episode eight. You will fall apart when Nicodemus, man, when, man, when that story happens. And he's like, oh, I can't watch anything else because I'm crying my eyes out. But, but, but the, the friends of that paralytic imagined because they had already heard what Jesus had done before. See, I've heard what God's done for Gabriella, and God doesn't love Gabriella more than he loves Pastor George. God doesn't love Dr. John more than he loves Gabriella, man. He loves us, his word never fails. Maybe God spoke something to you and you've never seen it come to pass and you don't know why. And your faith has been under attack, your ability to see has been under attack, and God's saying, stir yourself. You see, if God spoke it, it will come to pass. I want to tell you one last quick story. And it's the story of Abram in Genesis. Abraham's story is very encouraging because just like Abram of old who had a word from Father God, you and I have to be able to, to receive the words that God has for us and begin to imagine it, see it so you can step in, out in faith like Abram to receive it. You ever thought about, man, I, I wish somebody would make this story about Abram because Abram's living there with his daddy and his mom and his grandparents and he's living in the place where he's always lived and he's never been outside of Aaron before in his entire life. And God says, Abram, take your wife, take your servants, take your animals and head out. Man, Abram had to have an imagination to step out in faith and go to a place he had never been before. And it let, says later in scripture that God renamed him from Abram to Abraham because of his obedience. And, and Abram's out there and he's walking, he's a nomad, he's out there and he's in his sandals and man, he's got, he's got dirt and dust in his sandals all day, every day. And he's living out there, there's no cities, there's no lights. And so every night, the earth, the world becomes just this amazing thing of stars. And isn't it amazing that God used the dirt that Abraham was walking on and the stars that were above his head to stir him to imagine something bigger than what he was experiencing. You see, God said to Abraham, he said, your descendants are gonna be more than the dust of the earth and more than the stars that you can count. And every day Abraham walked in the dirt and he would laugh because he had no children. I don't know about you, that's a pretty big imagination. Not a couple of pieces of dirt, but the dust of the earth.
And he laid his head down at night on that rock and he'd look up into the sky and as far as he could see, one, two, three, four, five, 110, 111, 1,100, and he, and he lost count. And he had no children, but he had an imagination. He began to see what God said that wasn't because God already had seen that it was. You see, 34 years ago, when Holy Spirit spoke a word to Suzanne and I to come to Gainesville and to plant a church knowing no one, God knew every one of you, every one of you. Some of you were in other countries. Some of you were in other states. Some of you were in other cities. Some of you came here kicking and screaming. And then God joined you to family. And he's doing something significant. As he walked the land, Abraham began to believe God's word. And it began to enable him to see what was not yet present. That's imagination, to see what is not yet present. Listen to this song, stay seated, close your eyes, bow your head, and just listen. And then I'm gonna pray for those of us that God's wanting to increase our ability to imagine His Word, His truth, His principle. And we give you, Father, thanks and praise that you are the God that still speaks, still has a purpose, still has a plan for each one of us. Show yourself mighty today in our lives.
bow your heads because I want to speak very clearly to anyone that wants to stand today because Holy Spirit has been prompting and touching and speaking to your heart today that there are things that he's placed in you that the enemy has stolen promises that you have not yet seen come to pass can't imagine it. You think it's too late. Struggles maybe in your marriage, your life, your family, your children, maybe your business. And Holy Spirit is saying to you today, he wants to fill you again fresh with his Holy Spirit so that you can have righteous imagination and begin to see what is not present. Begin to believe for things that you once believed for, but somehow the enemy was able to get in and rob you of that. I don't care if it's one or if it's every person in this place, but if that's you and you wanna stand and let me pray over you this morning, because I'm declaring this prayer over my life as well every area in my life, any place that the enemy has in any way been able to get in, I want the Father to uncover it, reveal it, show me so that I can put that thing under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That's you, just stand to your feet across this congregation and I'm gonna pray a prayer for those of us that are standing today saying, God, let my imagination grow in Christ. Father God, you are our God, our Father, our Redeemer, and our Lord. Today I pray for this people as I pray for myself, that as we stand in faith declaring that we want to have the ability to imagine, to see what is not present, but without question is your word for us. We wanna see with the eyes of faith what you have put within our hearts. We want the ability to see what isn't present yet, except in our hearts. So Father, we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts all that you have said to us through your word and by your spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you with no restrictions to lead us, to speak to us and to anoint us. We need you fully in our lives today and every day. Forgive us, Holy Spirit, for pushing you aside and getting so busy even in our Christian behaviors. 
that we have not acknowledged our need of you. Today, Holy Spirit, we acknowledge we need you desperately in our lives. Holy Spirit, I ask you to help every one of us to increase our desire to imagine all that the Father wants to do in our lives and through our lives. Father, for anyone in this place that does not know the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit today, I pray you would help them to recognize their need and to cry out for the fullness of the Holy Spirit to fill them, to fill us to overflowing. Father, be glorified today in this people. Help us to walk out of here today with a greater desire to live out fully your purpose for our lives. You have a purpose and a plan for us as your people. And I pray, Father, that you would help us be the church that you are calling us to be in 2020. Help us in our desperate need of you. Fill us to overflowing. We love you. We honor you today. And Father, I pray and declare this in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. We give you all praise, all glory, and all honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord an ovation of praise this morning in this place. We love you, Lord. We bless you. We honor you. We worship you. We give you thanks. To all of you that are watching online this morning, we love you, we bless you, we miss you, and we pray that uh, as soon as you feel able that you will be back with us in person here in the house. But until then, we love you, we bless you, and uh, I miss you so very much. I will be back next week in this pulpit. My goal and my desire is to uh, preach at least uh, three weeks in a row and then take a week off and let one of these other guys, maybe including my wife, uh, preach uh, because uh, I believe there's some words that are coming. I wanna pray real quick before I dismiss you. My goal was 11.30 and it's 11.31, so I know it's a little longer than usual, but my gosh, I'm so tired of the clock. But I know we have children's ministry going on and they love the clock back there. Uh, but uh, our friend, Pastor Jimmy and Jessica Hughes in Honduras, I guess some of you, I hope you've been following that this week, but uh, that category five hurricane slashed into Nicaragua, uh, went over into Honduras, did a big, huge U-turn and literally flooded that nation. Uh, Daniela is here this morning, she got in. Uh, they tried to get her out of the airport and the, literally the whole runway uh, was completely flooded. And I've seen horrible pictures of what's going on this morning. Very early, I text Pastor Jimmy and Jessica, we're gonna send them some money tomorrow out of our missions to help them because they were leaving really early this morning to go to another community. 300 people, homes were completely wiped out, flooded away and uh, hungry, no food, no water, and they're taking supplies. So we're gonna send some money to help in that. And, uh, but I just wanna pray over them 
As most of you know, that storm is uh, headed back, it's going across Cuba, it's supposed to be hitting Miami and the Keys tomorrow and then turning again and heading out into the Gulf. And uh, one, one, uh, one slide has it coming right over near Gainesville, the other has it hitting Panama City. Lord have mercy. Uh, 2020, it's been a year that we are ready to put behind us and move on to 2021, but let me pray. Join with me, Father, in the name of Jesus. We lift up Jimmy and Jessica and the incredible people that work with them. We pray safety as they travel today through the mountains to this other community with food, water, supplies, trailers. Keep them safe. Protect them from those, uh, Lord, who would want to do them harm. And I just pray that the, the, the money that we're able to send will be a great blessing to provide more food, more water, water, more rice, more fish, more everything that they need. And we just thank you, Father, that, uh, the, that you are the same God for Honduras as you are for America and that you love those people. And Lord, we just pray over them that you would uh, uh, let there be many that are gonna reach out and help to those who are hurting so desperately uh, in that uh, community and in that nation. We we give you thanks and praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. God bless you. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.